This show is sponsored by the Word on Wealth Financial Network. Your family finances, your retirement income. This is the Word on Wealth with five-star wealth manager, certified financial planner, Marty Schneider, the retirement professor. Investment advisory services are offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Now, here's Marty. Friends and welcome to the Word on Wealth Financial Network. Marty Schneider here, live and local, the retirement professor, and this is the Word on Wealth. Glad to have you all along as we talk about life and money and finance and retirement. And today, the topic du jour, and that means it is time to have a conversation with Attorney Gary Quackenbush, who joins us every Tuesday to discuss the important part of our financial life called estate planning. Gary, how's my friend doing today? I'm doing really well, Marty. Thank you very much. Happy Tuesday. Man, I had my office manager, Marty, was out for two weeks. Wow. She's never been that sick ever in her life. Mm. And then it turned into um, a bacterial infection. It went to oh, her no. sinuses. So we were two solid weeks without office manager. It was it was a nightmare. So mm. yeah, so we're back. It's like I it's funny because <clears throat> I go into the office and I just I don't want my phone to buzz. I want to be able to sit down in my office and not have my phone buzz and just have people show up because I'm waiting for the, the, the bzz, bzz, and I look at it and go, I'm sorry, I can't get out of bed. I'm really sick today. And then I panic like, oh my gosh, no, one of my people are not here. But mm. it's we've been together for two whole days now with nobody sick. It's been wow. amazing. Well, I tell you <laughs> what, it makes you appreciate uh I know that in my office, if uh, my assistant is gone for a day or two, uh, you know, I, I have a new sense of appreciation for all that gets handled behind the scenes. Isn't that true? It's yeah. just, yeah, I it's, I get so used to them. I'm sure you do too. It's like, I get so used to them and I don't, I, I, I don't think I appreciate them enough. And then mm-hmm. when they're gone and I go, wow, <laughs> I have to it's, do, uh, answer It's the like phones. marriage. You know, you can't take your wife for granted either. It's the same thing. <laughs> That's true. And we spend, you know, I'm with them nine hours a day. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Anyway, so it's been busy. How's your week going? The same. And, uh, you know, I I try to keep you busy. I had a couple of uh, individuals in today, different meetings, and a really nice couple that... Um, I gave your name and phone number too. They Thank don't have any much. documents in place and they have pretty, you know, significant assets. And it was funny in the conversation, Gary, because I, I said, so what have you done on the, you know, on the estate planning side of your house? Do you have wills or trusts or any other documents put together? And they kind of looked at each other and said, no, we've been talking about this for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a husband and wife. They've raised the kids. So the, yeah. you know, now they're in the grand baby stage. <laughs> Um, but they have, you know, three or four pieces of real estate and uh, retirement accounts. and Sure. Um, so they have some work to be done. And I said, well, you know, here's a, here's Mr. GQ. You need to connect with Gary immediately. That's right. And uh, so you will be hearing from them. But I'm glad. I mean, you know, the, just the idea that there's a sense of awareness, a mindfulness mm-hmm. around, okay, you know, we kind of skated through the last 25 years. We got lucky while our kids were still at home and youngsters and minors. Right. And uh, now we're adults and uh, we're heading into that retirement phase and it kind of kind of time to make sure you get it all together, right? I agree. And I, I it, the nice thing about it is that when people get it done, the mm-hmm. the universal response from people is oh, yes. I don't know why we waited so long. And when I ask them why they waited so long, uh m- 
kind of the most common response is we thought it would be much more difficult. We yes. thought we thought we had to know like the balances in every account. Mm-hmm. We thought we had to, you know, have all this detailed information. I said, no, I just need, I need approximate balances. I need to know where your things are. We need to talk about distribution and ages and that. And most people understand that it, it isn't as difficult as they thought. It It is complicated like they thought, but the process um, is not a difficult process. You just you just have to do it. And what we do <clears throat> that has worked out really wonderfully is we just we have like this two week window. So when when people come in, you say, yeah, we've waited twenty five years. And I said, okay, um, we get all the information, get everything started, and say, okay, I need you back here in two weeks to sign it. You know, to, to review everything, to sign it. We'll have the funding documents and everything ready to go by then. And they're usually. Well, you don't have to hurry. We've waited 25 <laughs> years. <laughs> but, it's, but I feel like if you've waited 25 years, whatever the motivation is, I don't care what the motivation is. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. Whatever your motivation is, now that it's important to you, it is critically important to us and we're going to get it done quickly. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I yeah. love those stories. It's not nice. You know, I mean, look, I, I, I've said this probably a thousand times over the last 25 years, Gary, but... You know, the difference when people come to see me, if there's been a death in the family, those families where the decedent had proper documents and their trust in place, uh, you know, the smooth sailing that occurs at that point in terms of handling things moving forward, it is completely night and day from, um, you know, having to deal with probate issues Mm -hmm. and wills or no documents at all and family fights and, oh my gosh, the... uh, the legacy that the decedent leaves with the proper documents in place is so completely different than leaving a mess for the people you love. And it's a, it's, it's dramatically different. hundred percent. And the people that know that are the ones that have had parents die mm-hmm. and whether they had a trust or not, they know whether it's a good process or not. And universally, I always it it just it's one of these things where where you kind of get it you just you get it done but um <clears throat> but I hear quite often from people is um, their motivation for coming in is they say well I know I need to do it and you know now I've got parents that are elderly or my mom passed away or something and I realized how incredibly smooth it is um, when you have a trustee and a trust rather than having a will and <clears throat> one thing I'm seeing quite a bit more it's kind of more than I anticipated really in doing this for so long. What I'm seeing more are people that are, we're keeping people alive longer, but that doesn't mean we're keeping them healthy longer. We're just keeping them alive longer. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing situations where the, the individual is incapacitated. You know, they're, they're not necessarily hospitalized. It may be like assisted living or kind of a rest home type situation, Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, some type of a care center, but they don't have capacity now to manage their money and they haven't made the plans they may have an old fashioned will or something like that, but that doesn't do any good if you're incapacitated. Right. So now we have these tough situations where, you know, somebody may have, they may have a home and a car and some money and now they're in um, a care facility and there's nobody that can take care of their property. So we're having to go down to court to get a conservator appointed, which is a really, it's just unfortunately a nightmarish process. Mm. But when they set up a living trust ahead of time, they've already assigned who's going to take care of their money in the event that they cannot do it. Right. And during disability, that trust then functions and the trustee can manage their money. And I think that's one of the things that we don't, 
we don't preach enough. I think as a as a like a legal or a, a tax you know financial professional community, we don't preach enough that mm. about sixty or to seventy percent of us will become incapacitated before we die. That right. means sixty to seventy percent of us are going to need someone else to manage our money and handle our financial affairs while we are still alive and while we are probably spending much more money than we did before we became incapacitated. Oh, amen to that, Gary. And I, you know, I, I have to, uh, I have to just jump in here because, you know, we've mentioned this briefly before, but you know, from a financial only standpoint, Mm -hmm. somebody that's seriously hurt or injured or ill, um, that lingers, um, in that, in that state is way, you know, way more expensive. I mean, when somebody passes away, you know, look, the medical bills end. So there's not ongoing, you know, a, a budget, you know, slipping through the cracks. And you know what that can cost. Or if they're in a facility where it's seven, eight, nine thousand dollars a mm-hmm. month. Um, I mean, so, you know, I'm not wishing death on anybody, but at the same time, just looking at it from a financial standpoint, being disabled is way more expensive. Much more expensive. And I heard a number that um, if you're incapacitated, that typically about the last 12 months costs around $80,000 more than the prior 12 months. Mm. And if Mm. they don't have somebody managing the money... Then you're trying to figure out, well, who's in charge, who's got their you know, finger on the pulse, who's taking care of the bank accounts, who's paying the bills, who's you know, taking care of the gardener or whatever. Mm-hmm. And those things, you know, that's part of the planning process. I think you know, passing away is, is, is tough for a family, but having somebody linger incapacitated is difficult. And if you want to make it as undifficult as possible, as smooth as possible, that's when you do some planning and you have an, a, a trust or a state plan put together. Well, we will uh, get into the weeds on that discussion right after our first break here on this Tuesday afternoon edition of the Word on Wealth. Marty Schneider here, the retirement professor, along with attorney Gary Quackenbush. And we do have phone lines open. If you have an estate planning question, wills, trust, probate issues, uh, we do have Gary locked up here for the hour. 888-344-1170 is the phone number to get here live on the show. If you'd like to connect with Gary off the air to uh, discuss your uh, consultation with him on estate planning, you're certainly invited to do that as well. Give Gary and his office staff a call 855-500-TRUST is the office phone number 855-500-TRUST and uh, if you mention our show here you get a nice 15% discount off of your estate plan uh, for the month of February so you want to jump on that and take advantage of that most importantly get your family protected and taken care of and uh, do the right thing for the right reasons give Gary a call 855-500-TRUST and uh, the website is GQLaw. Com. All right, we're going to take our first pause here on this Tuesday afternoon. Sure glad you're with us. And again, phone lines are open, and we do invite you to participate live here on the show, 888-344-1170. This is the Word on Wealth Financial Network, and I'm the retirement professor, Marty Schneider. Short break, lots more coming. Don't leave. We'll be right back. the Word on Wealth Financial Network with a retirement professor, certified financial planner, and five-star wealth manager, Marty Schneider. Call and ask your questions about your family finances, business, and retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor. HelpWantedSanDiego.com presents the world's worst boss, the one who posts jobs on huge national job sites looking for anyone with a pulse. We'll just call him Dave. Oh, Lindsay, come in. 
Looks like little Nathan is fitting right into the office. He loves bringing your child to work day. How would he feel about a more long-term position at the company? What do you mean? Well, there's an opening in senior management. I think Nathan would be a perfect fit. He's six? Well, HR wants me to find better candidates than those huge online job sites, and Nathan is local, so what do you say? Uh, Something in accounting, then? He looks like he's got a head for numbers. He's in the first grade. He literally just learned subtraction. Oh, good enough for me. I'll see you both here on Monday, 9 a.m. sharp. But he has school on Monday? Oh, school's overrated. I'm offering on-the-job training. Don't be a Dave. Find your perfect local employee at helpwantedsandiego.com. Local jobs that work. We don't discriminate against people named Dave. Dave is a common name, fun to say, and so we're using it as a catch-all for lackluster bosses everywhere. They post jobs on the big national job boards because they really don't care. Please do not write us to tell us you're a Dave who was insulted by this ad. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. This is the Word on Wealth Financial Network with a retirement professor, certified financial planner, and five-star wealth manager, Marty Schneider. Call and ask your questions about your family finances, business, and retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor. We are back, my friends, and glad to have you along on this Tuesday afternoon edition of the Word on Wealth. Marty Schneider here, the retirement professor, and we have attorney... Gary Quackenbush with us for the hour, as we do just about every Tuesday, and uh, talking about estate planning issues and topics. And uh, word of the day, Gary, is uh, fiduciary. I wanted to fiduciary dig hmm. into that a little bit. And uh, so let's just talk about fiduciaries. First of all, okay. you know, we, we kind of throw it around, and, uh, you know, we I think most people have a sense that it's a... Um, a heightened level of commitment and responsibility, but what is a fiduciary? What, you know, by just give us an operating definition, what does that mean in the financial world? That is someone who acts on behalf of another person. Mm. You're basically in charge of making decisions on their behalf. That's typically a fiduciary. Yes. Now, you know, in in my world, uh, on the investment advisory side of, of my practice, you know, it's 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 a high standard because um, you know the operation of this business, the financial services business, for a hundred years, it was built on a brokerage mm-hmm. kind of a platform, which was pretty much transaction driven, Gary, and you know commissions and transactions, and every time a client buys and sells and buys and sells, the broker gets a paycheck. Um, and and then I've switched over years ago to the fiduciary approach, where there's no transaction fees, no commissions; it's just a flat money management fee and here's the major difference required to act in the best interest of the client at all times and i love that because that's that's, you know it's a high standard and um it's not the same standard that a broker is held to which which is a suitability standard so uh, you know it's a it's a really important distinction you know what gary we're going to go to the phones all right and uh, take our first caller on this Tuesday afternoon and uh, speak with, I wasn't sure if I caught Larry and uh, Larry, and uh, let's speak with Larry. He was calling from the National City area this afternoon. Larry, thanks for the call, my friend, and welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Well, thanks, Marty. I'm doing great, and I appreciate you guys taking my call. Sure thing. My no problem. Is, my buddy has Parkinson's disease. And he signed his trust over to me. I guess it's called the substitution of trustee. And a solar company came in and put a solar system on top of his house, even though I asked them not to and told them to leave. So my question is, if I'm the trustee of the trust, 
does my friend named Bob, does he still have authority over the property or do I have authority over the trust property? Mm. Great question. Barry, there's a, yeah. there's a meaty one for you. You say, Bob, that he, that I'm sorry, Bob, Larry, Bob has Parkinson's. It, is he, has he been declared incompetent or does he have a conservator or does he still kind of manage his own stuff? He's been in memory care since, uh, I think it was September of last year. Okay. And when you say that you, that he signed over or, um, you, when you say you became his trustee or you're saying substitution or trustee, is that through like a living trust or how is that done? He has, he has a family living trust. Okay. And I went with him to his attorney back in 2017 and we all understood the situation and he signed the trust over to me. Okay. And and by I by that do you mean you mean that when that if I read through your trust it says the successor trustee is Larry. Correct. Okay. And the trust right now is the trust it's still revocable, right? Well, I would have to bring the trust to you. I'm not yeah. sure if it is or be- not. Because the thing is, uh by him naming you as the successor trustee until you until you actually step into that role and actually act as the successor trustee without him involved, um, usually there's some procedures that you have to go through to make it so that only you can manage things. Because if he names you as a successor trustee, in, until he either relinquishes that, he resigns, or it's determined that he is no longer capable of being his own trustee, the successor trustee typically doesn't step in. But I think you probably yeah, have... He- you might have a bigger problem than that because if if he now, I mean, we'd have to look at the deal with the solar company because if he's signed an agreement or a contract with the solar company and he was incapacitated, he didn't have the ability to make that decision legally, then the solar company could have made it, it, it could be a bad contract. That's something might to look at. Well, he did do, we went to his attorney, his trust attorney, and he did sign a paper that made me that trustee, you know, so he surrendered his position to me. I don't know the phraseology. That, okay, and, and that's important to know if that's um, what, you know, what process you went through to uh, to make you become the trustee. I, I, and I could, I'd be happy to talk to you about it, you know, on a, a you know, personal level and get all the details and facts. It's kind of tough to do on the air, but yeah. if, if, if somehow you became the sole acting successor trustee, then you would have you would be the only one that has that authority to make financial decisions. And the question is really yeah. going to be: Did the solar company know that? Did they realize he was incapacitated? What happened? You know, that's that's right. going to be the important okay. thing. So my my suggestion well, here, Larry, would be that uh, you and Gary might want to have yeah, a so. chat off the air and uh, figure out uh, some of the details here. But uh, really kind of an interesting scenario. And uh, I'd be curious to hear the outcome of this after uh, after you get it all put to bed. But uh, any other questions, okay. Larry, or was that the main one? Well, I was going to ask Gary if I flew him to Catalina Island about 30 30- uh, five years ago. I'm not sure. I might have met him a long time ago, and then he ran for some public office. <laughs> was that you, Gary? That's the wrong Quackenbush, but there, there's a Quackenbush about my age that did that. There was a ah. Chuck Quackenbush that was he ran for public office. but hmm. Yeah, a well. long time ago, this guy, and I flew him out to Catalina Island. No, Gary, I will give you a call, and Gary, would you be the person to help me if I have to go? 
I've been trying to get this solar situation squared away for about it's almost a year now. So mm. could you help me with that as well, or is that a different style attorney? Well, let's talk about it. That might be something either we can do that or we can associate somebody in. You know, I've got a lot of resources. I've been doing this for three decades now, so we can figure it out. We can help you okay. out. Yeah. Okay, I'll go, give Larry. You. And uh, the phone number, by the way, Larry, if you'd like to connect with uh, Gary off the air is 855-500-TRUST, 855-500-TRUST. Hey, Larry, thanks for the call, my friend. Uh, hope for a positive outcome for you, and uh, feel free to call us again. Have a great rest of the day. And as we say goodbye to uh, Larry, we do have open phones here again uh, on the on the broadcast at triple eight three four four eleven seventy eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. You know, Gary, that's kind of an interesting call because I uh, it's it seems to me like um, depending upon some of the details that could kind of break either way with the uh, with the solar company. Yes, because the difficult part is if somebody. Um, you know, turns over successor trusteeship or power of attorney, you know, how do, how do you know? I mean, mm-hmm. and I'm not, you know, how do you know that that person is signing a contract and how do you know that they're capable of doing that? Or how do you know that they're, that, that, you know, that they're under a conservatorship or that they've signed over their estate to somebody else. And so it, a lot of it is going to be the, the knowledge part of it. Like, did they know, did they understand that? Mm-hmm. Um, but still I, I think, um, you know, if it if it was to the point where they signed over the estate, Bob signed his you know his um, basically management of the estate over to Larry. Then mm-hmm. there's going to be a real question on and did he make that known to the solar company and was the solar company taking advantage of him? It is it some type of you know overt pressure or there's something that happened. So that mm-hmm. those are those are interesting situations and I think you know part of it goes right along with our discussion about being a fiduciary because in this situation, exactly, Larry, if he now is supposed to be serving as the trustee of Bob's trust, Larry is a fiduciary. Right. And it's, I, I don't, I didn't ask him, but I don't believe that Larry does that professionally. I don't think that he mm-hmm. does that for many other people. He probably just is doing it for Bob because Bob's his friend or acquaintance. And, and I, mm-hmm. sorry, Larry, I forgot to ask you that. Tell me when you call me. But Larry now is serving kind of as a private individual that's that's helping Bob out in that situation. He still acts as a fiduciary, mm-hmm. and his role as fiduciary, that the responsibility he has is just as high as me as an attorney if I were working for Bob, or Marty as a financial advisor if you were working for Bob. Larry has that same level of responsibility. Right. A fiduciary is a fiduciary. So, Gary, it, exactly. it brings it brings us uh, to to a, a question that I've had in my mind, and that is, when we talk about fiduciaries, I know that you know it, it, you talked about in this case, like a friend, a family member, somebody you trust that would uh, uh, you know get the job done, and uh, um, I think I think that would be a really important uh, uh, you know part of the process. But can you select anybody? You can pretty much select anybody, uh, anybody that you trust to do it. Um, if it's, you know, you can get an individual, um, like a family member, a friend, a neighbor. Um, you can get somebody that's a professional that, like a financial professional. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean somebody that that's all they do is act as a trustee for somebody, but you can get a, a professional, like a financial advisor, um, an attorney, sometimes a CPA will do it. And because those, those, 
legal callings, those responsibilities, like a financial advisor like you, Marty, an attorney like me, we are fiduciaries for people, so we right. can serve in any fiduciary capacity, including, um, like Larry was just talking about, either of us could serve as that the successor trustee or something like that in that trust. Right, right. And uh, I guess the difference is, as an individual, uh, you know, a friend, a family member, or something like that, versus a professional, a financial advisor, uh, or an institutional fiduciary, you know, like a bank or a brokerage firm, Gary, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're kind of bumping up here against the bottom of the hour break. But when we get back, I'd really like to have you kind of talk us through each of those scenarios, either selecting a personal acquaintance or friend or family member versus a professional or an institutional. Okay, I'm, great. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages on both sides of that so okay good we'll uh, kind of talk through that all right we'll do that right after the bottom of the hour break glad to have you all along with us on this tuesday afternoon edition of the word on wealth i am marty schneider the retirement professor and of course invite you in to come see me for your free retirement analysis and checkup here in my mission valley office i do meet with everybody personally and it's absolutely free of charge Uh, Just call our office and schedule your retirement checkup with me at 800-727-PLAN. And if you'd like to connect with Attorney Gary Quackenbush off the air for a review of an existing trust, or if you have no documents in place for your family, then you certainly need to call Gary immediately. 855-500-TRUST is the office number, 855-500, and the word trust. And uh, when you do that, I know Gary and his team will take great care of you. Don't forget to mention... The 15% discount by mentioning the word on Wealth Show here and uh, lock that in. That's good for the month of February. So uh, you want to jump on that and get your retirement checkup consultation and estate planning review with Gary taken care of. 855-500-TRUST is the office number to reach attorney Gary Quackenbush off the air and the website GQLaw.com. GQ as in Gary Quackenbush. LawLaw.com. And uh, there's lots of good information for you there as well. All right, we're going to take our bottom of the hour break on this Tuesday afternoon. Again, phone lines open. Feel free to call in if you do have a question for Gary at 888-344-1170. There's lots more ahead as we head towards the top of the hour together. Glad you're with us. This is the Word on Wealth Financial Network. I'm the retirement professor, Marty Schneider. going to take a break and there's lots more coming. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is the Word on Wealth Financial Network with the retirement professor, certified financial planner, and five-star wealth manager, Marty Schneider. Call and ask your questions about your family finances, business, and retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The Answer, San Diego. Local news right now. Good afternoon. 16 people seated in five gondolas were rescued Monday night after being trapped on SeaWorld's skyride over the Mission Bay for several hours. California and 15 other states filed a lawsuit Monday against President Trump's emergency declaration to fund a wall on the U.S.-Mexico border. San Diego City Hall Complex will soon house a homeless shelter. Mayor Faulkner has decided to open the second floor of Golden Hall to shelter as many as 150 homeless people. And the California Tower at Balboa Park is closed again as crews make reinforcements to protect the century-old structure from earthquake damage. Showers are expected tomorrow afternoon, becoming widespread on Thursday and possibly lingering into Friday morning. With temperatures topping out 5 to 15 degrees, below normal. Highs today for the coastly inland and deserts in the upper 50s. Mountains reaching the upper 40s. Download the Answer app and listen to The Answer San Diego on your smartphone, iPad, or tablet. I'm Randy Cox for The Answer San Diego. 
Message and data rates may apply. When did it become okay for men to be lazier, softer, fatter? We need to bring the men of this country back to greatness. And it's easier than ever with Ageless Male Max, a patent-pending formula with an ingredient that helps boost your total testosterone, promoting greater increases in muscle size and twice the reduction of body fat percentage than exercise alone. Plus, an amazing 64% increase in nitric oxide, which can be handy in a gym. Take your manhood to the max by trying your first 30-day bottle free. Just pay shipping and handling. Not 10 days, not 15 days, but a full 30-day supply free. When you text the word BEST to 797979. Finally, a formula that boosts total testosterone. If your results with Ageless Male Max are too intense, please decrease use. For your free bottle, text BEST. To 797979. Text B E S T to 797979. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. This is the Word on Wealth Financial Network with a retirement professor, certified financial planner, and five star wealth manager, Marty Schneider. Call and ask your questions about your family finances, business, and retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, an SEC registered investment advisor. We are back, friends, and glad to have you along on this Tuesday afternoon edition of the Word on Wealth. I'm Marty Schneider, the retirement professor. We have attorney Gary Quackenbush with us as well as we head towards the top of the hour together. Uh, talking just before the break, Gary, about uh, the idea of fiduciary. And, uh, you know, it's a word that we kind of hear more and more these days as it becomes a little more uh, popular as part of our vocabulary. But mm-hmm. um, I'd like you to clear this up. So. When you select a trustee or a successor uh, trustee for your living trust, um, I, I guess there's no laws around that. You can name anybody you want, I'm assuming, friends, yes. family members, uh, church associates, business associates, n- no restrictions there? No restrictions there. No restrictions on who you can name. Um, when you, It's whether that person can legally act as a as a, a fiduciary for you because a trustee is a fiduciary, just like the guardian is a fiduciary, just mm-hmm. like an attorney is a fiduciary, a, a financial advisor is a fiduciary. Um, so if you're acting as a fiduciary, like a trustee or successor trustee of someone's living trust, um, you can do it as an individual family member. Um, and you don't have to be licensed unless you do it for more than three people, which is interesting. Ah. So if you have an individual that's deciding, you know, like, you know, sometimes we say, well, let's get our pastor to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, if the pastor's already doing it for a couple of people, by the time he does it for the third one, now he's a professional private fiduciary and he's got to get licensed, got to go take a test, um, mm-hmm. has continuing education requirements, needs to pay licensing fee and is going to have to have a bond. Right. Um, so yeah, you can name any, any one person, um, as long as you trust them. And I think that was the, the thing before the break we were talking about is, you know, when is it a good idea to have a a, a professional versus, um, yeah. you know, an individual just like a family member? Mm-hmm. And the one thing to understand is whoever serves as the trustee will get paid to do it. It's That's not what like I was a free ask. position. So there is, there is typically going to be compensation for that role? Yes, no matter who does it. And how much... Get how much that individual gets paid depends really whether they are professional, whether they've done it before, you know, you know, kind of what their you know, background and experience is related to it. But yeah, they get paid even if it's your, you know, if it's your son or daughter or something like that. They they get paid. Sometimes they they don't want to get paid, so they refuse and say they'd waive their fee. But um, they typically get paid because it's a lot of work. 
And Gary, who determines the the compensation? Is that something that's actually in the trust document itself? It can be in the trust document. Most typically, the trust document will say that the um, person acting as the trustee will get paid a reasonable amount of money according to the customs of the trust, uh, uh, the um, the the courts in the area, mm-hmm. because it kind of changes sometimes through the years, but. Um, what they what you typically typically do is say a reasonable fee, and if you look at reasonable in California for an individual, you can see that there you know there's some court guidance on that where you know sometimes they get paid a half a percent or one percent of the corpus of the trust, depending on how big it is. If it's a really really big trust, then it's not going to be a percent or a half percent; it'll be much less. But the idea is they're getting paid enough to act as a professional because they have that responsibility. And would it typically be? Uh compensation based on the value of the uh, corpus or the or, or the you know the trust itself or could it be also an hourly rate or it, it, it does the who determines that Gary it can be an hourly rate and it can be a flat fee okay um, and it depends on if it's a private like let's say it's if, if it's a private individual then they have no idea anyway and the idea is that they are just going to get paid a reasonable fee and then what I what I usually do, my my kind of standard is whatever I'm getting. So, for example, somebody passes away, they come to me, they say, "Hey, Gary, mom and dad died. Um, I I am the successor trustee, and I need you to help me out." So I get hired as the attorney for the successor trustee, mm-hmm. and I usually gauge what they get by what I get because we we we're always kind of working hand in hand and getting the work done. Mm-hmm. So typically, the the successor trustee will get about as much as the lawyer gets. I mean, that's in my office. I, you know, some, Mm -hmm. some attorneys charge more, some charge less, but, um, typically we're trying to figure out how much work is involved. Um, a lot of times with that type of administration duty, we just keep track of hours. So Mm -hmm. if the fiduciary, um, is an individual like the successor trustee, you know, if they work at some job and they're making, you know, 75 or $80 an hour, we're certainly not going to pay them less than that. Um, you know, we're going to pay them whatever their professional right. rate is and then kind of coach them through the process. Got it. And um, interesting because, uh, you know, I, I would think, again, depending upon the complexity, Gary, of the estate, I mean, some yes. are fairly simple and, you mm-hmm. know, maybe a, a couple of bank accounts, a car and a house type of thing. But, you know, then you get into estates where there's multiple properties and maybe uh, some investments in other other jurisdictions, other mm-hmm. states. It gets a little more complicated. I would guess it, it's a little more time consuming. Yes, and that the complication sometimes it's the sometimes it is the amount of property or the number of accounts or the number of properties, and other times it's the beneficiary distributions. Ah. It depends on because we'll get a situation where we have retirement accounts like rollover or inherited IRAs and 401ks and things. And now you're starting to get into some, some pretty sophisticated financial issues. Mm -hmm. So if the, if the, um, if the successor trustee were a financial professional, then they can also manage the money as a financial professional. So if they're going to be, you know, helping with the investments and moving that around, Mm -hmm. the financial professional can act in that capacity and then when they're not acting in that capacity, they can step back into the role as trustee. They can do both. They can't build double, but right. they can they can do both things. And right. that that's quite frankly, that's a huge advantage of hiring like your financial professional. You know, asking them maybe to sit as your successor trustee because then they can find the attorney to help them out. They're the ones right. that know how to handle the money. So that's always a pretty good deal. Um, yeah. One of the things about um, compensation 
it, it, sometimes the difficulty is the beneficiaries. Like if you have young beneficiaries, right. little guys that <laughs> young, under 35. So you have right. beneficiaries that are going to get paid at stages. Like they're going to get 25% of their inheritance at 25 and then they can get half of what's left when they're 30 and at mm-hmm. 35 they can have their balance. And you've got four children with different ages. So we're talking about you know, different trigger points, different distribution points, and discretion, where the trustees sometimes will have discretion that if that beneficiary needs money for education, then they can go ahead and get an advance on their next scheduled, like, annual distribution. distribution. They can get money early. So when you're talking about trusts like that, then the fiduciary's job is is much more, um, it takes a lot longer because obviously it's going to be going on sometimes for many years. And sometimes if it's a, if you hire a professional, the professional ends up, um, you know, getting to the point where they retire and then they hand it off to, you know, their, their successor or maybe, um, you know, um, somebody else in the firm that can, that can keep managing that. Right. Um, you had asked earlier about, you know, what are some of the advantages or disadvantages of a professional versus, you know, having a, a cousin or a relative or a brother or sister. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes the advantage is if you have to manage money for a long time, if you have younger beneficiaries, um, sometimes having a professional do it because it's their job, it's it's easier on the family because the professional is really neutral, right? They don't right. they don't have any you know preconceived um, bias to one you know one of the beneficiaries or another, and there isn't excuse me there isn't any suspicion of bias, so we use financial professionals because sometimes it just works out better. It's not right. going to be, Oh, come on, brother. Seriously. We talked to you about this at Thanksgiving and I really need that money. And I know I'm not old enough, but come on, man, don't stiff me. I'm, you know, you got to take care of me. If you tried that with a financial professional, I think they'd go, you know, I'm, you know, I'm billing you by the hour, right? Right. So keep talking because the clock's ticking. But I just think we don't, we don't really take advantage enough of professionals. We, we want to just say, you know what? That's okay. Well, older brother, he can take care of, he can go ahead and divvy up the money to his sister and his brother and, and he's fine financially. He's doing well. He can handle it. And I think the, the job with that, I mean, that's, I think that's, that's wonderful to trust your child to do that. What I caution people is, yes, that that is. I, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure he's very responsible and all that. Is he married? Yeah. Does he have kids? Yeah. And then you look at all that, and I go, he does have a life. He's a very very busy person. So when you pass away, and so does your wife. So husband and wife are gone, and now the oldest son, who has children, who has a job, who's trying to you know make ends meet and be busy and all that. Now he's got a second job because right. successor trusteeship can be part time. It can be a part-time job for initially it can be more than part-time because of the responsibilities. Right. So sometimes I think a professional is the way to go. Now compare and contrast for me. We're talking about, um, say, you know, like somebody in my role as a financial advisor can be a successor trustee, but what about a, um, an institutional trustee, a trust company, um, that's, you know, in that business, I'm, I'm sure they're a little pricier, but are there advantages there? Um, the the thing with institutional trustees is there's, I don't know, I don't use them a lot. I mean, I've used them a couple of times. Uh, I, I've actually had some institutions that just say, I'm sorry, there's not enough money there. Thanks for nominating me. But, but they typically want to handle a lot of money, like, you know, big estates. Yeah. Three to 6 million minimum. Ah. So with the institutions, what happens is 
um, let's say you named an institution like a bank or, or something mm-hmm. like that, they then handle it through their trust department and their trust department assigns an individual to manage that. Um, right. So I, I tend to not... I tend to shy away from them because I like to use individuals. I I like to use the private professionals instead because they don't cost anymore and they, you get a lot more personal attention. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take our final pause here on this Tuesday afternoon edition of The Word on Wealth. Marty Schneider here. We're live. We are local. We have the phone lines open here for you live on this Tuesday afternoon at 888 Our phone number here live. And don't forget, friends, if you'd like to connect with Gary off the air to get your estate planning documents in order, whether you have documents that haven't been looked at since, you know, the flood. Uh, and I don't mean last week's flood, by the way. I mean, you know. <laughs> the uh, flood. Uh, the flood. <laughs> Where the animals came on by twosies, twosies. That flood. <laughs> and uh, Or if you don't have any documents at all, then you need to connect with Gary, of course, and make sure that you protect those that you love. Give him a call and uh, mention our show. Word on Wealth, and you get a nice 15% discount. That's good for the month of February. So we are roughly halfway through this, and you might want to jump on that and give Gary's uh, office a call at 855-500-TRUST. 855-500-TRUST, and uh, book your appointment uh, for your estate planning review with Gary and his team. I know you'll be appreciative of the fact after you get it all put to bed. We're going to take our final break here as we head towards the top of the hour together. And uh, sure glad you're with us. Again, phone lines open here live on the broadcast. If you have a question for Gary, you are formally and officially invited to give us a call. 888-344-1170. This is the Word on Wealth Financial Network, and I am the retirement professor, Marty Schneider. We're going to take our final pause. More coming. We'll be right back. is the Word on Wealth Financial Network with a retirement professor, certified financial planner, and five-star wealth manager, Marty Schneider. Call and ask your questions about your family finances, business, and retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is Albert Mogler for townhall.com. The horrible reality of late-term abortion points to the horrible reality of abortion, period. The abortion-related legislation in the news in recent weeks reveals a progression in pro-abortion thinking. Late-term abortion is becoming a basic principle of the pro-abortion movement. From the state of New York to Rhode Island, Virginia, and now Illinois, we are seeing legislation put forward that reveals the truth about abortion, the mask taken off, as it were. We're seeing the determination that abortion be available to any woman at any time for any reason or for no reason, even to the point that the advocates of abortion, who had basically tried to indicate that they understood third trimester abortions to be different, now they're saying they're not different at all. And we also have to acknowledge this follows their own deadly logic. Either life is sacred and worth protecting, or it's not. I'm Albert Moeller. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. This is the Word on Wealth Financial Network with a retirement professor, certified financial planner, and five-star wealth manager, Marty Schneider. Call and ask your questions about your family finances, business, and retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Welcome back, friends. Marty Schneider here and Attorney Gary Quackenbush with us as well. Our final segment heading to the top of the hour together here. Phone 
uh, lines are open, 888-344-1170, our phone number here live on this Tuesday afternoon. And speaking of the phones, Gary, we are going to go right to the phones and speak with Lori, who's calling uh, from the San Diego area this afternoon. And Lori, welcome to the broadcast. Glad to have you calling. How can we help, Lori? Hi. Well, this is a very um, appropriately timed subject that I just happened to hear in the car. Okay. We have a, we currently have a trust, and yes, it needs some going through and some mm-hmm. updating. My older sister, who is in New Mexico, she's she works for an attorney's firm. Um, they don't do probate and stuff, but she has handled a lot of the deaths in my family, mm-hmm. and she thought I was nuts for having a trust. Really? She just thought she just thought it is so much harder wow. to have a trust than to just use. So it made me question. I thought, well, why do we? You know, <laughs> she said, if you have a huge estate, then yes, that's something you would want. But unless you have, I don't know, whatever number she gave me was was large. Like $11 million Um, or something, yeah. Something, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, Lori, I got it. That's a great question. So, I mean, this kind of brings us back to the, you know, the foundations of of this conversation, the blocking and the tackling, if you will, of estate planning. Gary, why would anybody need a trust? And I think that's a fair question. That's a fair question. Two things, Lori, and thank you for calling, by the way, to ask this question. Um, for one thing is if, if the person that has the estate was incapacitated, they, you know, they couldn't make their decisions on their own anymore. They couldn't think for themselves. They maybe are in a assisted living or they had an accident and now they can't living trust works perfectly for that that part. Yeah. I heard that part. And the Um, big thing that you hear a lot about in California is, is the probate laws in California are going to be different. Now, I don't know what they are in New Mexico. If that is her answer, I suspect they're different. Um, because- Under California law, if if you have over, and I'm, I'm actually saying this right, if you have real property in California that is worth more than $50,000, 50000 then it goes through a process called probate. And that process, even if your property, you know, even if it's just a house or a bank account, if it goes through probate, the fastest you can get through a probate is about eight to 12 months. And that's super fast. The average probate is about two years. And that's not because... We don't know what we're doing is because the laws are very particular with probate because you're dealing with people's, you know, the person died and we're dealing with their stuff. So the probate laws are really tough to deal with in California. They're really slow and they're very, very expensive. You end up spending, you know, four to 10% of the gross estate on probate fees and executor fees and all that. So it's super expensive, super slow. Um, When you have a trust, Instead of having to go to probate court and get a judge involved and all that, when you have a living trust, all the property is is held by that trust, and whoever's the trustee is in charge. Mm-hmm. So, if you if you pass away and your and your you know whatever your spouse or well, let's just say your brother is your successor trustee, he is now in charge of all of your property, and he reads through the trust and it says, "Give it to my kids, you know, give it to them for school, right. give some to my you know my you know mom or whatever." They follow that book of instructions, which is called the trust. So in California, having a trust is day and night difference between okay. not having that, one. That was kind of my my guess. Mm-hmm. So. 
Mm-hmm. So, yay, but, we did something right. <laughs> you did it right, Lori. And, Lori, I have a question for you. So, uh-huh. um, just out of curiosity, when you had this discussion with your sister, I believe you said, uh-huh. um, what what was what was her feeling? Okay, you know, trust is, is, is you know, it's the wrong document for whatever reason she, uh, she believes. But what is she her alternative? Said, just having a will, and mm. everything can be named in the will. You mm. can name your... Mm. Um, beneficiaries. I mm-hmm. think. I think she. Yeah, and I think she would even say, if you're incapacitated, yeah, that you and, could name your. Uh, not in the will. What am I? Because the, the will doesn't happen. Will. And, and Gary, I'm not the attorney here, but correct me if I'm wrong. The will doesn't go into operation until somebody dies. Right. Yeah. The will doesn't oh. work until somebody dies. She might right. be talking about having power of attorney. Mm. Yeah, that's what she's talking about. Yeah, and that's what she's talking about. It, so in my it, the. I could write a really scary book on power of attorneys just because because what happens is like like so let's just say let's just play this so I I, I don't know who to have as my power of attorney so I, I find you and I say hey Lori I need somebody to be a power of attorney so if I became incapacitated or something happened to me would you be my power of attorney you said oh sure Gary I'd be happy to I'm your friend so I go and I create this document that says I give Lori general durable power of attorney durable means if I'm incapacitated the power of attorney is still validated. It's still valid. Whether I, it doesn't matter whether I have capacity, whether I'm, you know, in total good stead and am happy and whatever, you still are my power of attorney. And in that document, I've said, you can deal with my bank accounts, my investment accounts, my retirement accounts, my real estate, you know, all transactions, all personal property transactions. And I've given you this authority and had you do this document. Well, you can use it right there and I can't stop you. I can't stop yeah. you because yeah. um, it's like we were talking earlier on the show. This guy was saying, well, but the, I, I'm, in char- I'm in charge of this guy's life. And they put solar on his roof and he signed a contract for the solar company. I went, did the solar company know that? I mean, so the whole thing with this power of attorney is how are they to know that you're, you know, you're, you're selling my car and I don't know about it. The thing is, because I can't stop you because you're going to go, Hey Gary, you you gave me power of attorney and I think we need to sell your car because it uses way too much gas. I mean, it it bothers me that it has a large green footprint. So your car, you know, you know, Lori, what I'd suggest is you take the job, you take, take the power of attorney. Start selling Don't all get her Gary's started, stuff, <laughs> and then you and I will split it, Lori. What do you think? I think it's a plan, Lori. Great. great. Uh, then we, we could just yeah, we could we could so, make out on Gary's estate. I like it. And see, that's the power of attorney thing. But if that were okay. my if that were my trust, then you know, if you were going to the bank and saying, "Yeah, I'm I'm Gary's successor trustee, and I and I'm going to sell his car," they're going to go, "Well, is is Gary dead? Mm-hmm. Well, no." No. Is he, or, or prove that he is, or prove that he has doesn't have capacity. And see, that's the thing with the trust is is you can manage it, but you have to show that I either don't have capacity anymore, I've been determined incapacitated, or that I'm dead. And then you now can function and deal with all my real estate and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. So right. power attorneys are just kind anyway. of scary. Yeah. Lori, I hope that helped. Well, we it was ha- a great call, and uh, totally we sure helped. do appreciate it. And do call us again, okay? I'll review your Thanks. trust for free. Thanks, all right. Okay. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye, Lori. And as we say goodbye to Lori here, probably no time for another caller. We're just about out of time. So, Gary, great call. But, you know, the the one thing that, you know, my, my ears perked up on is if somebody suggests that, you know, yeah, you don't need to trust the will, the will will get it done. Number one, 
as you have taught me through the years, the will doesn't happen until somebody's, you know, gone. Right. Whereas the trust is in operation immediately during your lifetime. Mm -hmm. Huge difference, if I've got that right. You do. And then number two is, I don't care what state you're in. I mean, I can't believe that New Mexico doesn't probate a will. I mean, have you ever heard of a state that doesn't probate wills? You know, I think it might be easier in some states. They might Mm -hmm. be an easier process, but they're always, I mean, when you have a will, they're still... The, the person that owns the property, mm-hmm. the person that has the ability to sign that title is dead right. and they can't sign the title to the property. Somebody's got to do it for you. I can't imagine. I mean, I, I know it's not that way in California. It doesn't just because I was named the executor in the will doesn't mean I can go sell their house. It means I can go to court and say, hey, look, this is a valid will. And does anybody contest it? And I'm supposed to be the executor. And does anybody contest that? And, oh, sorry, I'm, you know, I'm financially a total wreck. The judge will say, sorry, Gary, you can't be the executor because you don't have enough financial stability Ah. to handle somebody's money. Got it. So that's why you got to control it. Now, I've had states, just super quick, we had had one in Michigan. So we, we... we were handling a trust here. They had a piece of property in Michigan. And in Michigan, the only thing that was required to transfer title was they had to have an attorney. So it had to be a, a Michigan licensed attorney. Mm-hmm. And the attorney made the determination that the title could be transferred from the decedent to the beneficiaries. But that was that was a fiduciary mm-hmm. making a determination that it could be transferred and that was in Michigan on a certain piece of property. So you still had to have all the beneficiaries, they all had to be notified. California, our property values are vastly higher than most states, and so the value of our states are much higher. And there's more more people here. So it, it goes by the laws, and I, one thing I would never do is say, oh yeah, you don't, you know, everybody needs, or you know, I, I can't see, I'm a California attorney. I can't advise you on New Mexico or Texas or whatever. I also have a license in Colorado, so I could talk about Colorado. Mm -hmm. But I can't give advice to anybody, including my family, and say, oh, yeah, you don't need that or you do need that. So I just think, you know, it's all about knowledge and understanding, and sometimes we don't get it. Why do we need a trust? You know, it's important in California. Got it. All right. Well, for those of you that don't have that trust in place or you need a more detailed discussion with Gary or you have a document that hasn't been reviewed in a number of years, you need to dust it off, bring it into Gary and uh, schedule your consultation. 15% discount off of any estate planning fees in the month of February. So you want to jump on that. Just mention our show, Word on Wealth, and you'll lock in that 15% discount. You can reach Gary at 855-500 and the word trust, 855-500-TRUST. And the website is GQ Law. GQ is in Gary Quackenbush Law, L-A-W dot com. And I know Gary and his staff love to hear from you, and they'll take great care of you. Gary, good to have you, as always, my friend. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you, and, Marty. Uh, you we too. will look forward to chatting you next Tuesday. All right. Great show. Thank you. Take care. Have a good and as we say goodbye to Gary, a couple of uh, housekeeping items here. Don't forget, if you're doing a little retirement planning, I certainly raise my hand and invite you to come see me here in my Mission Valley office. plan to come see me, uh, schedule your free consultation, and I do meet with everybody personally. 800-727-PLAN. Got to go, friends. We're out of time on this Tuesday afternoon. This is the Word of Wealth Financial Network, and I am the retirement professor, Marty Schneider. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place, right here on these very same Salem Network stations. God bless you all. See you tomorrow. You can be confident.
confident about your financial security and retirement. Tell a friend about The Word on Wealth, featuring five-star wealth manager, certified financial planner, Marty Schneider. You've heard the retirement professor since 1995 on these Salem Network stations. For your free consultation with Marty, call 800-727-PLAN, 800-727-PLAN. Sponsored by The Word on Wealth Financial Network. Investment advisory services are offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor. This show is sponsored by the Word on Wealth Financial Network.